Well, good morning, and if you have your Bibles with you, uh, please turn with me to Matthew's Gospel. And we're going to read from chapter 4. I just want to read a few verses from this passage, verse 12 through to verse 17. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light, on those living in the land of the shadow of death a light has dawned. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Well, God will add his blessing to that reading, but before we look at uh, what we're going to look at this morning, let's just pray. Our Father, we thank you for this privilege we have to be able to gather around your word. And our Father, we thank you that wherever we are listening to this, that you are here with us. And as we come to you this morning, we, we ask that you will just speak to us through these words, that we might know more of you, that we might know more of ourselves. And our Father, we ask this in the worthy and precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, you might remember that last week um, we had John the Baptist speak to God's chosen people, the children of Israel, the Jewish nation, as he prepared them for the promised Messiah. He did that by telling them that the kingdom of heaven had come near. The prophets had told them that the Messiah would come, and John was telling them that he was here. Matthew 3, verse 1 and 2, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And then in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, we're told that Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So this morning, I want us to think about the words that John the Baptist and Jesus used during their ministry, a message of repentance and an introduction to the kingdom of heaven. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So I want us to start this morning with two obvious uh, statements about a kingdom. Firstly, a kingdom has a king. And secondly, the kingdom has citizens. Now, when I was born, my parents registered my birth and I became a citizen of the United Kingdom. And at that time, George VI was king. Now, I don't remember much about him, but I am old enough to remember the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II that took place in 1953. I, I, I probably remember that more for the fact that, well, we had a, a street party. That was great. But we also had a, a television, one of the few people who had a television. It was a, a black and white nine-inch screen and half the road piled into our house to watch the coronation of the Queen on the television. And I also know that today Prince Charles is heir apparent. So we know that kings and queens will come and go as well as earthly kingdoms. And our history books tell us that this is true. But the kingdom that John and Jesus were speaking about, it's not an earthly kingdom. It is a heavenly kingdom, and it is an everlasting kingdom. And it only has 
one king. I'm reminded of the words of a hymn from, I think it's from Youth Praise. And it goes something like this. Kingdoms may rise, kingdoms may fall. Nations refuse to hear God's call, but the word of the Lord endured forevermore. Things that we love last for a day, then in the morning fade away, but the word of the Lord endures forevermore. You see, we have one king, and both he and his kingdom are eternal. The one king is Jesus, and his kingdom is the kingdom of heaven. Just think about this for a moment. The kingdom of God is wherever God reigns. You see, he is the God of creation. Well, here's a point. Not all citizens of creation will be citizens of the heavenly kingdom. I want us to refer to a well-known passage that brings together the words of the Apostle Paul, the words of Jesus, and also the words of Pontius Pilate. Now, we find this passage in one of Paul's letters to Timothy. It's 1 Timothy, and it's chapter 6, verse 14 through to 16. And here, Paul encourages Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. And in verse 14, we read this, Paul speaking to Timothy. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession. So let's pause for a moment and consider what Paul meant when he referred to the good confession that Jesus made before Pontius Pilate. This was when Jesus stood in judgment before Pilate. And on that occasion, he told Pilate exactly who he was and why he came. Now, we can read the full account of this in all four Gospels, but for this morning, I want us to look at John chapter 18, and a few verses, verse 33 through to 37. This is when the Sanhedrin brought Jesus to Pilate for him to authorize and pass the death sentence. So, verse 33. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He says, is, is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It's your own people and the chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you've done? Verse 36, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You're a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Now that passage uh, continues from chapter 18 of John into chapter 19 and we read this. Do you refuse to speak to me, Pilate said? Don't you realise I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it, not were, if it were not given to you from above. 
So keep in mind what we've just looked at in John's Gospel as we go back uh, to Paul speaking to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And Paul says this to Timothy, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honour and might forever. Amen. So Paul there is referring when he speaks to Timothy to when Jesus returns in his second coming. But let's just put some things together. Let's just think about the conversation, Pilate and Jesus. Now, let's pray it down and just listen to this. Pilate, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus, my kingdom is not of this world, but now my kingdom is from another place. Pilate, are you a king then? Jesus, it is as you say, I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. And you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Okay, let's go now to the conversation between Paul and Timothy, as in Paul's letter to Timothy. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light. You see, both Paul and Jesus are speaking about the kingdom of heaven. An eternal king and an eternal kingdom. To put it another way, it is the kingdom of the Messiah. This is the kingdom, and Jesus is the king. But who are the citizens of this kingdom? Well, let's walk together through these few verses from Ephesians chapter 2. And we're just going to look at verse 17 through to 22. So we start. He, that is Jesus, that is Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by the Spirit. You see, this message, the kingdom of heaven, is for both Jew and Gentile. It is for everyone. So verse 19, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Do you get that? We're not only citizens with God's people in the kingdom of heaven, but also part of God's family. So verse 20. Build on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Notice in there, the apostles and the prophets, you see the kingdom is built on a solid foundation, a solid foundation which has been laid since the beginning 
And the passage goes on in verse 21 and 22. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Do you notice that? Being, being built together. This is present tense. Meaning, it's happening now. It's happening today. The kingdom is here. Now, who are the citizens of the kingdom? But more importantly, how can we become citizens of the kingdom of heaven? Well, earlier this morning, I quoted the words of a hymn. And those of you who may know this hymn and have been listening, you will have realized that I left out the last line. So let me quote the words again, this time with the last line. So the hymn when kingdoms may rise, kingdoms may fall, nations refused to hear God's call, but the word of the Lord endured forevermore. You see, that is a truth, isn't it? That Kingdoms do rise, kingdoms do fall, and many of them refuse to listen to what God is saying. But God keeps speaking. Then it goes on in this next verse. Things that we love last for a day, then in the morning fade away, but the word of the Lord endures forevermore. See, this is eternal. And here's the last line. Take God at his promise. Put your faith in Christ. Trust him for salvation and eternal life. So there's so much truth in, in, in that little hymn there. Kingdoms may rise, kingdoms may fall. Nations refuse to hear God's call. But the word of the Lord endures forevermore. Things that we love last for a day. Then in the morning fade away. But the word of the Lord endures forevermore. Take God at his promise. Put your faith in Christ. Trust him for salvation and eternal life. And this is how we can be citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Take God at his promise. Put your faith in Christ. Trust him for salvation and eternal life. Let's think about that for a moment. Take God at his promise. Let me take you to 2 Peter 3 verse 9. It speaks about God's promise. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know, this is the way into the kingdom. What about this phrase? Put your faith in Christ. Let's go to Ephesians 2 verse 8. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. You know, this is meaning you can only come in this way. Come through the one door. Come through the one who said that he is the door. And the door is open. So, trust him for salvation. Okay, Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the penalty of sin. Saved from the wrath of God that we guilty sinners deserve. And the next phrase. 
and eternal life. Let's go to John 3 and think of verse 15, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Life. This is life that goes beyond this earthly life. This is life in the eternal kingdom. So in the words between Jesus and Pilate, back to John 18 for a few minutes, verse 37 of that passage. You're a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. That's what we need to do. Listen to Jesus. Listen to him as he tells us who he is. And in John 14, verse 6, he is the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. I started this morning by saying that I was born into this world and became a citizen of the United Kingdom. Born by way of water, which is the natural way every one of us comes into the world. To be citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we need to be born of the Spirit. Or as Jesus put it when he spoke to Nicodemus in John 3, verse 5 and 8. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. See, there's a reference here to two births. Then the passage goes on. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So, it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So I want to finish with something I mentioned last week, and it's worth saying it again this morning. I said, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. He will open your eyes to the sin that's in your life, the sin that separates us from God. And He will call us to repentance the point where we realize our need, and then to salvation. And that happens as we put our trust in Jesus, who took the punishment and took it in our place so that we could be forgiven and also be accepted by God as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this time we've spent around your word. And our Father, we thank you that if we know you as our Saviour, we can rejoice in these things as we here and now are accepted citizens of heaven. But our Father, if there's any listening who do not understand this, I just ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit you will open their hearts that they might consider the words we've been looking at and that they might see their need of a saviour and that you are the saviour, the one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we come to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.